can only make us stronger. I need you to hurry up now. Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away oh, I said Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe, that means I have Half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture. Pandora's Lunchbox is the label on this, on the bottle of this food, of this show, of whatever it is. And we're going to talk a little bit about food labels in just a moment. That's kind of the theme of the show. But in the meantime, did you notice that it's cold? It's 8 degrees Wind chill of 6 below. Here's the weather forecast for Washtenaw County. Mostly clear tonight. Record lows from 12 below to 18 below zero. Northwest winds 5 to 15 miles per hour, becoming light and variable, becoming light south. Wind chills down to around 16 below. So it gets down to 18 below zero and the wind chill is 16 below. That means maybe it's warmer than it is cold a little bit, right? Maybe somebody's listening to Bessie Smith and it's warming him up. That doesn't sound like such a bad idea. Madam Box was quite beloved. Servants by the score. Footmans at each door. Butlers and maids galore. But one day, Dan, her kitchen man gave in his notice he's through she cried oh Dan don't go it'll grieve me if you do I love his cabbage crave his hash dampy about his sucker taste I can't do without my kitchen man while about his turnip top Likes the way he warms my chop I can't do without my kitchen man Anybody else can leave And I would only laugh But he means too much to me And you ain't heard Man. When I 
That's a nice last note there, huh? Feeling better, too? Yeah, me too. I'm feeling at least uh, up to about two below wind chill right now, up from eight. Thank you, Bessie Smith. That is Kitchen Man. When I eat his donuts, all I leave is the hole. It's very existential. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture, and a really great headline from the Washington Post the other day. Get ready for a reminder of how bad your food is with every purchase. Yeah. Says here in the Associated Press, today, new nutrition labels have been proposed by the FDA for many popular foods. The proposal would make calorie counts on labels more prominent, reflecting that nutritionists now focus more on calories than they do on fat. For the first time, labels would also be required to list any sugars that are added by manufacturers. And the proposal is designed to more accurately reflect what people actually eat. In one example, the estimated serving size of ice cream would jump from one from a half a cup to a full cup, so the calorie listing on the label would double as well. I've always thought, uh, you know, I've always grab a bag of chips, and I always get my usual serving of nine chips. Don't you? Yeah, I think I'll have nine chips. Ice cream, I think I'll have a quarter cup, maybe some granola, maybe a third of a cup. Yeah. So those are the suggestions from the FDA. Bigger servings that actually reflect what we actually eat, but the new rules are probably actually several years away. The FDA will take comments on the proposal for 90 days, and a final rule could take another year. Once it's final, the agency has proposed giving industry two years to comply with it. So that should be ready by 2067, you think? So that's the new FDA suggestions. New nutrition labels. Sometimes labels aren't so nutritional but just factual, and they're on bottles of liquid. Bottles of liquid that keep you warm. You don't want to drink too much of it, though, because it may cause addictions and things like that. But here's a little warming up music, maybe, from a group of folks, that country band, those country legends from way down south of London, Squeeze. These guys. She unscrews the top of a new whiskey bottle and shuffles about Some kind of witch With blue fingers and mittens She smells like the cat And the neighbors she sickens The black and white TV Has long seen a picture The cross on the wall Is a permanent fixture The postman delivers The final reminders She sells off a silver And poodles in China She learns from a distance 
Thank you, Squeeze. That was uplifting. That's Labeled with Love by Squeeze, those country legends from Deptford, London. He ate himself older and drunk himself dizzy. I didn't know you could eat yourself older. I heard you could eat yourself fitter, but that's a whole nother story. I guess while you're eating, technically you are getting older with every bite. I prefer not to think about that, though. Should I not have brought that up? I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture. It's going to be Face the Music at 7 this evening. Wonderful music coming up. We're talking about food labeling. FDA is proposing new labels that actually reflect the servings we eat. Meantime, I'm reminded of uh, packaging, labeling, how, how you have it, how you have it this way, that way, on a, on a cereal box way back when. Elijah's Manna. Remember, that? Remember the cereal Elijah's Manna? Probably no, because you're not 110 years old. But if you did, it would go. The story would go like this. This is uh, from Mental Floss, I believe. Back in the late 1800s, the classic cereal we know as Corn Flakes was invented in the Battle Creek Sanitarium, 
run by Seventh-day Adventist Dr. John Harvey Kellogg and his brother Will Keith Kellogg. In an effort to acclimate the patients to the church-recommended vegetarian lifestyle, the duo experimented with foodstuffs derived from grains such as wheat, oats, barley, and corn. After accidentally discovering a process that flaked wheat berries, the brothers landed on a palatable formula for flaked corn. The Kellogg's created corn flakes in 1904 and served them to patients at the sanitarium. Mmm, but they didn't market the cereal commercially until 1906. This allowed a former patient named C.W. Post to create his own version and start shilling it to the masses. Shortly after inventing grape nut cereal, Post decided to try his hand at cornflakes, which he debuted under the name Elijah's Manna. This biblically named cereal, its box depicting the prophet Elijah hand-feeding manna to a bird, sparked controversy in religious communities across the U.S. where it was denounced as sacrilegious, a sacrilegious box of cereal. Across the pond, Elijah's manna was even barred from being imported into Britain. Post fervently defended his brand. He said the following, words to live by here, Perhaps no one should eat angel food cake, enjoy Adam's ale, live in St. Paul, nor work for Bethlehem Steel. One should have his Adam's apple removed and never again name a child for the good people of the Bible. But it was too late. Elijah's manna was already marked as, a her- as heretic, and in 1908, Post begrudgingly changed the product's name to the more recognizable, less incendiary, Post Toasties. The prophet Elijah was ousted in favor of Mickey Mouse. Wait a minute. Mickey Mouse, 1908? Something's fishy about this. I don't know. And I think post-toasties may have an underlying biblical context. Perhaps we don't know. Maybe post-ghosty-toasties? Holy ghosty-posty-toasties, perhaps anyone? I don't know. It's cold outside, and I can't think, but I did just say those things. There is, however, some music about manna, an old hymn, If you hymns and hers would like to sing along, here we go, especially you really deep-throated folks. Here we go. Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power while we try to sing his praise? All is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. Brethren, pray that holy manna will be showered all around. Let us love our God supremely. Let us love each other too. Let us love and pray for sinners till our God makes all things new. All is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. Brethren, pray that holy manna will be showered Holy manna will be 
you find that deep-voiced guy really terrifying? I kind of did, too. But that's a, a treatment of holy manna found on the YouTubes. There are several of those. There are bluegrass versions. I hoped to find a bluegrass version because a group called the Marksman Quartet did a version. A group called Blue Moon Rising did a version. But I didn't find that, so we had the guy, really deep in talking like that. There really should be a metal version. If I find a metal version, I will play that for you at top volume. In the meantime, this is Pandora's Lunchbox. I'm still Mike. Still speaking about labels, I remember there was a blood orange soda not long ago. Still around, actually, this particular brand of blood orange soda. It was kind of amusing because at the bottom they talked about how much of it was blood orange juice, how much of it was actual orange juice. And there was a line that said contained 3% blood, and the next line, orange juice and orange juice and stuff. So... 3% blood. I panicked almost as much as that deep-voiced guy in that last song. It was very, very startling. However, in the meantime, this is still Pandora's Lunchbox, and if you're tired of all the ice lying around, you could perhaps chip it and make it into ice for drinks, but you wouldn't want to because it would be disgusting. However, there is a good use for ice just recently used. Uh, I did not make this event, unfortunately. The University of Michigan Digital Music Ensemble recently collaborated with the U of M hockey team for something called Gypsy Pond Hockey Music. Amplified skates were used using contact mics and ice-frozen hydrophones. They provided the turntable-slash-scratching layer against which dub techno loops were played. Hockey players competed against each other in a heated three-on-three game, And if I can find any recordings of that, I will see if I can get those on this very show. There's a very chilling event coming up tonight. Very chilling. Maybe I'll get that... uh, Wait, let me see if I can get that uh, deep-voiced guy on the air again. Here we go. Hold on. No, we can't. Here we go. Holy mana. Holy mana, Batman. Let's see if we can get this terrifying-voiced guy on again. Here we go. There he is. we have met to worship and adore the Lord Maybe that's Froggy from uh, Little Rascals. Anyway, um, anyway, where, where was I? Uh, tonight at the Ann Arbor District Library at the Traverwood branch, uh, Rob Hess of Ypsilanti's Go Ice Cream will be visiting this evening at 7. You can learn about the story of the ingredients behind your favorite ice cream flavors. 7 p.m. this evening at the Traverwood branch of the Ann Arbor District Library. Go Ice Cream is a small company that crafts artisanal ice creams using local ingredients. And during more hospitable weather, Rob Hess actually gets on a bike and delivers this ice cream around Ypsilanti. Probably, hopefully, maybe not doing that in this weather, but maybe some warmer kind of vehicle would be hospitable for that. Now, this brings me to think of the eye of the chicken. Is it the eye of the sparrow? The eye of the tiger, but the eye of the chicken. No, the eye of the chicken. This this just in five seconds ago. Researchers from Princeton University and Washington University in St. Louis report that the unusual arrangement of cells in a chicken's eye constitutes the first known biological occurrence of a potentially new state of matter known as disordered hyperuniformity, which has been shown to have unique physical properties. These states have a hidden order that allows them to behave like crystal and liquid states of matter. They exhibit order over large... They exhibit order. This is hard to comprehend and to speak of. I can't speak. I'm speaking in tongues. I didn't try to speak. They exhibit order over large distances and disorder over small distances. Wow. A diagram on a page that I can't show you depicts the spatial distribution of the five types of light-sensitive cells known as cones in the chicken retina. 
We're going to do a whole show on chicken retina and the eye of the chicken probably next week or maybe next year, but it's hard to say right now. I label that awesome, but we're talking about food labels and such, and that really didn't fall under that category at all. But here's a song about food and a label and a label on food. We heard Labeled with Love, speaking about stuff in the bottle there by Squeeze earlier on. Here is Gamble Rogers and the Black Label Blues, and in case you miss it, he doesn't actually say black or label or blues in the song, but I think at the very end, it's worth the wait, he'll actually tell you that it's the Black Label Blues. It goes like this. A cabaret on the highway You know the time is ten till two A pretty waitress at my table A pretty waitress at my table She say, what can I do for you? That's just what she said now Oh baby, I'm so lonely And my mind is ill at ease I need a woman to love me mm, But if you cannot love me then Jack Daniels, if you please Whiskey and water Oh, whiskey and water Here's to fear and pain and sorrow Jack Daniels, if you please Look out now Gentry, you know I fell way down upon my knees. Maggie, darling, I need some loving. Oh, deep, deep down in my dark old soul, won't you set my mind at ease? Oh, baby, I believe I'm gonna love you. So lay your head down across my knees. Thank you, darling. I'm gonna kiss you. And I'll caress you mm, But honey, there's just one little thing I'd ask you for first What's that, darling? Jack Daniels, if you please She liked it too Whiskey and water Oh, whiskey and water Here's to fear and pain and sorrow Jack Daniels, if you please With a black label on it I knew there's something about a black label in there Thank somewhere. You. Thank you. Thank you. That is uh, Garnet Rogers. Gamble Rogers. You know, Garnet Rogers is the son of Stan Rogers. This is Gamble Rogers. Right. This is from a soundtrack called Heartworn Highways. It says here, this was bottled in Texas and Tennessee during the winter of 1976. Winter again. Funny how that is. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. Face the music coming up at 7. Beautiful music chosen by Arwolf himself. And uh, we have a story, another labeling story about prunes, because why not? Now, here's the story about prunes. Now, not, not everybody liked the idea of calling things a prune. 
One market study confirmed, according to the book Euphemania by Ralph Keyes, one market study confirmed how much antipathy there was to, to the name and notion of prunes. As a result, the California Prune Board petitioned the FDA, FDA again, to allow them to relabel their product dried plums. So the FDA approved the change, but it disallowed dried plum juice for prune juice on the basis that the term was rather oxymoronic. The California Prune Board then reintroduced itself as the California Dried Plum Board. Ketchum, a public relations firm it hired, created a dried plum team. Did they wear dried plum uniforms? Did they wear Fruit of the Looms? I don't know. The team courted media coverage with all the intensity and inventiveness of political strategists. Members of a Ketchum war room bombarded the press with news releases, satellite feeds, Sound bites, slogans, and internet postings calling attention to this fruit's new name, the dried plum. Ketchumites called their campaign the Federal Witness Reidentification Program. Sales of prunes and dried plums in the U.S. were soon up over 5%. Hail holy manna and dried prunes and plums from the sky, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we're about to round up here, and I have uh, a little bit more serious news to just round up with here. Uh, The Wayne State Civil Rights and Civil Liberties Clinic have filed a federal lawsuit today asserting that Waterford Township's ordinance against begging is unconstitutional. It's cold out there, folks, and some people are in need, and there have been battles over whether begging is constitutional or not, I imagine. This is the first lawsuit filed by the Civil Liberties Clinic in Wayne State, a joint project of the American Civil Liberties Union of Michigan and Wayne State University Law School. In April 2012, a woman was ticketed and charged with a crime for begging in public because she held a sign saying, In Love, Out of the Gas, which her then-boyfriend played guitar, while her then-boyfriend played guitar, as a means to solicit donations to help them raise gas money so they could afford to visit family. In 2011, the ACLU of Michigan challenged a Michigan law that was nearly identical to the Waterford Township Ordinance. The U.S. Court of Appeals unanimously struck down the law in 2013, ruling that begging, like charitable requests from the Girl Scouts or nonprofits, is constitutionally protected speech. And looking here at information from the group Feeding America says more than 46,000 individuals in Washtenaw County are considered food insecure. The estimate is that more than 40% of those individuals are not eligible for federal food programs and instead rely solely on the efforts of hunger relief charities. So that's that news, and maybe we'll learn more about that in the years to come. We'll let you know how that lawsuit plays out. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. Thank you for listening. Face the music next. Some warming up music here. Hopefully this will help warm up all your warming up needs. This is Robert Johnson and their Red Hot. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Not the mother than the red hot. Yes, you got my sale. Not the mother than the red hot. Yes, you got my sale. I got a good long and tall, sweet in the kitchen with a piece in the hall. Hot the
mother than the red heart. Yes, we got them with red. I got a letter from a girl in the room. Now she got some good. She got to bring on soon now. About the mother than the red heart. Yes, she got up and said, I mean. Yes, she got up and said, yeah. About the mother than the red heart. Yes, she got up and said, yes. 